0: Let's look at the book of First Corinthians, please. One verse, verse ten, First Corinthians fifteen, verse ten. By the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Now, the title of this message is two little words from that verse, and those two little words are not I, not I. You see those two words, not I. So when you think about the grace of God and what God does, just say not I, not I, but the grace of God which was with me. I was 32 years of age when God's grace came to me. I was uh, married, had four children, and knew nothing about God at all and didn't really want to, but he came in a preacher, and I heard a preacher And uh, my heart was opened by him, by his grace. And he showed to me what a sinner I was. And then he showed to me what a Savior the Lord Jesus is. And he caused me to believe both of those things. And so what we have here, by the grace of God, I am what I am. <laughs> Yet not I, not I. It was God that did all of that. John Newton said, "Twas grace that set me apart in distinguishing love before the stars were made. It was grace that set me apart from the mass of mankind and made me an object of God's affection. It was grace that laid hold of me on my road to hell. It was grace that shed abroad God's love in my heart. And by the grace of God from Alpha to Omega, I am what I am. And then he wrote, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me. A wretch. I like that word wretch, don't you? Saved a wretch like me. God saves no one but wretches. He doesn't have saved a good person, but he saves wretches, those who are so far out of the grace of God that they're they're known in his vocabulary as wretches. And I own up to that this morning, that I'm still a wretch. And it's not I, but it's the grace of God which was with me. So he came at the age of 32. I was a young man still, but had wife and four children. I worked in a, in a plant there in Baytown, Texas. Worked in a synthetic rubber plant. And we made synthetic rubber, which tires were made from. You may be rolling on some of the rubber that we made there. I don't know, but uh, I worked there 13 years and then the Lord called me by His grace and immediately He showed me that I should be telling this good story and I've been doing that ever since, that's 40 some odd years, I've been telling the good story that it's not I, but the grace of God. Not I. If I'm elected, it's the election of grace. If I am redeemed, my redemption is all of grace. If I'm called by God's Spirit, I'm called by God's grace. If I have repented, it is the goodness and the grace of God that led me to repentance. If I have believed, faith is the gift of God's grace. If I'm kept and preserved, I'm kept by His almighty power and grace. So by the grace of God, I am what I am, that almighty God may have all the glory, Salvation is of the Lord in its purpose, in its planning, in its execution, in its application, in its sustaining power, and in its ultimate perfection. It's all grace. It is all of grace, and by the grace of God I am what I am, that I may never glory in self. Whatever I know, it is by His grace. And by the grace of God I am what I am, that I may learn to rest in Him. In my experience, I see the grace of God and thank Him For his purpose, by the grace of God, I am what I am, that I may learn how to demonstrate that grace which I have received, and that I may learn to participate in the grace of God. The man, when dying, expressed himself with great earnestness about the grace of God, as it saves the lost and he seemed to be so very grateful that it was bestowed on one so ill deserving of himself that all he could say was oh how sovereign oh how sovereign that's all he could say the sovereign grace of God that comes at his bidding to certain people in this world. Grace is the only thing that can make us like God. I might be dragged through heaven and earth and hell, and I should still be the same sinful, polluted wretch unless God himself renews and cleanses me by his grace. Do you get it? I'm saved by the grace of God. Not I. Not I. I claim to be a recipient of his grace. I claim this morning to be a child of God. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. 1 John 3, two. Now you little girls on the back are going to have to be still. And quit doing what you're doing. Because that bothers me very much. Sit up and listen. I claim by the grace of God to have passed from death to life. And I claim that my sins are pardoned and put away as far as the east is from the West. I'm a child of God. But it's by His grace and not by anything He saw in me. This saving grace is mine. Not as a result of anything God saw in me at all. Nothing in my disposition. Nothing in my character. Nothing in my past, nothing in my present, nothing in my future that would move God toward me except his grace. The man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. John 3.27, you ought to You ought to get that verse in your mind and heart. A man can receive nothing, nothing, except it be given him from heaven. Grace first inscribed my name in God's eternal book. So I'm not what I am by anything I've done or ever will do. It's not grace that I took hold of, but it's grace that took hold of me. Now, what's being preached today is that it's grace that we take hold of. In other words, grace is supplied, and you take hold of it, and that's what saves you. But Christ has come. You reach out, and you take hold of grace in Him. That's what's taught in religion today. (laughs) You don't take hold of anything. But it it's not I that took hold of grace, but the grace took hold of me. Christ took hold of me. There is a sign out on the highway that says, Go to church or the devil will get you. But I say to you this morning, there's a lot of places you'd go to church and he will get you because he's in charge. Today's religion that emphasizes man's will over God's will is anti religion. But they say some good things. Oh, I know, but John says try the spirit." whether they be of God try them by this who gets the glory whose glory is it is it God Almighty or man does grace take hold of you or do you take hold of grace is salvation of the Lord or is it an act of the human will Now, John Newton said again, If there is any grace in me, God put it there. He cast the first ray of light in my soul. He opened my blind eyes to see Christ. He opened my deaf ears to hear his word. He gave life to my dead heart. His word quickened me. He set the prisoner free. He washed away the self and robed me with his spotless righteousness. He taught my heart to pray and made my tongue to sing and he delivered me from the refuge of lies which I had fallen under. And he has kept me to this day and he will not in any wise Let me go. Thank God. Forty some odd years he has held me. And he grows dearer every day to my heart. The Lord Jesus Christ grows dearer to me. And I can almost, almost feel that I am really in his presence because I will be before too long. I will be right in his presence. And when I get there, I'll look up into his face and into those eyes that behold me. And I will worship and I will say, Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. No one else is worthy but the Lamb of God. And by the grace, I know what I know. You don't know anything. I don't know anything. But it's by grace that we know what we know. And this is the reason I can never boast. I hear men uh, in conversation boasting about what they know about this doctrine and that doctrine. Oh, no, I believe old Dr. So-and-so on that. And they can talk all day about the huge, large doctrine that they have a little knowledge of. But I tell you what, boasting is totally put away when you say what you know. If you know anything, if you know the A of the alphabet, it's because God has taught it to you. Pride our base. I'm only a sinner saved by grace. Who maketh thee to differ? Well, how do we differ? We differ in our methods, in our message, in our doctrine, in our understanding. Who made you to differ? What do you have? What do we have? We have an understanding of the mysteries of the gospel, of the wisdom of God and Christ. We have a knowledge of the attributes of God, His holiness, His wisdom, His mercy, His grace, His omnipotence, etc. All of His attributes we have a knowledge of. Who taught you that? Now, if you received it, Paul said, what old Puritan Said this, For a believer in the grace of God to be proud is the most inconsistent thing under heaven, because by his own profession the truth which he has learned was all revealed to him by the grace of God. He didn't learn anything by himself. Pride grows with a decrease of other sins. You start... Uh, laying off other sins you begin to get proud and, and it flies with the decay of other sins and you begin to get proud of what you've done you see Satan is subtle he'll make a man proud of his very graces he'll make a man proud that he's not proud that's right I'm proud I'm not proud aren't you? Paul said we're not sufficient to think anything of ourselves. God Almighty sent someone to you with truth, and then he opened your heart to receive it, or you still couldn't see grace. When the Lord saved me immediately, he put me in touch with some men down in Pasadena, Texas. Chris knows. Chris went to church in that church where the school was. But he put me in touch with those men who had a small school there that taught preachers. And these men knew the truth. And I knew nothing. I I knew neither bad nor good. I didn't know anything. I was hard to spell God. That's how dumb I was. But since I knew nothing, it was easy for them with God's grace to get me to see the truth of who God is and who Christ is and who the Holy Spirit is. And I'm so grateful to the Lord for all His love to such a one as I. You see, He put me with those men. They began to teach me. Has someone taught you? You must have a teacher, humanly speaking. And you must be willing to listen to some man. And God will use a man to teach. And if he had not done what he did for me, I would be no different than those free-will, Hollywood, aisle-dragging hucksters that we have all over this world now. Men of the truth cross our path, as surely as our Lord crossed the path of Zacchaeus. But woe unto those who, when God's truth crosses their path, and they reject it, woe unto those They go back into the religion of free willism. Woe to that person. Man is responsible for what he hears. And if any of you are here and you want to hear the truth of God, you're in a good place. I know Chris Cunningham. I've known him for over 20 years. I saw him learn the truth and grow in the truth and present the truth. And he has the truth of the grace of God. You're in a good place. Hear him and believe what he says and be- believe what has been revealed by the grace of God. It's not because we're better or smarter than anyone else, but because God has singled us out. He singles you out. I will teach that one my truth. And he picked the old dirty pebble out of the bottom of the creek and washed it in the blood of Jesus Christ and put it in his crown and called it my jewel. And that's what you are. God said, you're my jewel. You're a jewel in the crown of Almighty God. Isn't that the wonderful news? I'm one of his jewels. And he broke down our natural bias against grace and taught us his word. Be a listener. Be a learner. And ask God every day, Oh, Lord, teach me today your truth. And learn it. Not only learn it in church when you hear someone preach the truth, but learn it at home. Read a good book. When you go out on the job, be a a witness to the grace of Almighty God. And you'll learn some things out there. You'll learn what men think about all of this. And I've learned some bad things what they think about it. Men don't think well of the grace of God, most men. And so it is that I rest. I rest this morning. By the grace of God, I rest. Do you rest? I talked about comfort last night. Are you in the comfort of God? Do you rest? When Will we ever get our hearts in tune with our heads? People say, I believe God is sovereign. Well, why don't we act like it? I believe I am what I am by the grace of God, then why don't we have that peaceful disposition that waits on the Lord? Why, don't we? I can understand the free will works people always being in a turmoil of uncertainty, but I cannot understand a man of grace being like the troubled sea. And many are. Paul said, I have learned whatsoever state I am in to be content. Are you content? He was content to be a servant of Jesus Christ and a servant of the church. He was content when the Lord sunk that ship under him and put him in the water for three days and three nights and then brought him out. He was content when he had nothing to eat, no food. He was content when God uh, gave him food. He was content in whatever state he found himself in. He was a content man. He was content to be a servant of Jesus Christ and a servant of the church. Moses was sent to the back of the desert for 40 years. Would you let go to the back of the desert for 40 years? But he went. He was sent for 40 years to the back of the desert until he was nothing. And then God could use him. The only man that God will use is the man who is nothing. He has nothing, is nothing. And he knows it. John Bunyan spent 12 years in the Bedford jail. And they said, John, if you'll renounce this doctrine of Christ that you're teaching, we'll let your blind daughter come in and visit you. And he said, I don't need to visit my blind daughter. I need a visit from the Lord Jesus Christ. And he spent twelve years in the Bedford jail, didn't see his blind daughter. And finally, when he came out, he wrote Pilgrim's Progress and many other works of grace. Do you ever desire to do more and be more and be somebody? But well, we need to learn, by the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace of God, I haven't denied the gospel. Now, this would be the easy way out to deny the gospel. I heard one person last week say, I hope I don't leave the truth. Now, that's a good thing to say, my friend. Don't ever say what you will or won't do. But ask God to keep you from leaving the truth. And you say as one said, Our Lord with such a heart as mine, unless you hold me fast, I know I will, I shall depart, and prove like them at last. Pray the prayer of the wise man. Look at Proverbs 30, verse 8 and 9. Proverbs 30, verse 8 and 9. Here is a good prayer for you to pray. Proverbs 30, verse 8 and 9. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny thee And say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. Lord, give me just enough in this life. What a good prayer that is. And if he gives you just enough in this life, you'll be a whole lot better off. Keep me from riches lest I forget you, Lord. And Lord, keep me from poverty lest I steal. And you say, well, I wouldn't steal. By the grace of God you won't steal. Everything by the grace of God. There was a soldier that rushed into his commanding officer's quarters and told him that one of the men was drowning in a pond and nobody could save him. There were dense woods all around that covered the surface of the water. And they found the poor fellow was manfully trying to get loose from the rope-like grass that encircled him. But the more he tried, the more he was trapped. And at last, those plants closed in and pulled him under and left no trace of him. And they finally built a raft, and a man holding on to a pole went down and got the man out. And they brought the body back and looked at his face. He had those clenched teeth, like they knew he would. Had distortion of his countenance, and his hands grasped large clumps of the vines, but they were too strong for him. Now, what does that illustration say? Well, you say those those strong strands of grace are sin. Divine grace is the only thing that can save a wretch of a sinner. But if he does not know divine grace, his agonies of sin will make him more hopelessly the slave of his evil. And he cannot get out. He cannot get out. And God must come and get him out. Now, if I am what I am, by the grace of God, and surely we are. You admit that, don't you? Surely we are. I will learn gratitude. Gratitude. Gratitude is about a missing thing in the world today. Just gratitude. I'm so grateful. Are you grateful? Grateful to the Lord Jesus for coming into this world and shedding his blood and going through all of that agony and died on that cross. I'm grateful. I'm grateful to God the Father for sending His Son to do that. I'm grateful to God the Holy Spirit for bringing all this to pass and for teaching us that this took place. You see, it's one thing to talk about grace. It's another thing to produce grace and show grace. Humility is not something the humble claim but one thing that will produce humility is when I constantly remind myself of my dependence on the grace of God. How could I be proud? How could you be proud? How could all of these religious Big shots be proud They brag on one another. We have uh, the Reverend Dr. So-and-so with us today. He has done all of these things. He has done this and that, and we're so glad to have Dr. Sounding Bryce with us today. And then brag on one another. How can we brag? How can we be proud? Whatever step I take is by the grace of God. Love grows in the soul of grace. And when I know something of His love for me, then I can show forth His love to others. Take not we? When I see His grace to me. I can be gracious to other people, can't I? Be gracious to other people. Don't be ugly-minded. Don't be hard towards your neighbors and your friends. Don't be ugly-minded. Be gracious-minded. If you have the grace of God, hope is always based on grace. One man said to another, uh, such and such has been saved. Since God saved that man, I'll never despair, despair of anybody else. And the man he was talking to said, Since God saved me, I will never despair of anybody else. Isn't that the right way to look at it? God saved me? Well, he'd save you, surely, if He saved me. I was the worst among you. Oh, the worst, the very worst. May God save all of you. There's hope for anyone if it's founded upon grace. Gratitude is based on grace. Thanksgiving is based on grace. And if you don't think well of others, it's because you think well of yourself. The worst man in town you ought to think well of somehow. Somehow. Man died in a town. He was he was the bum of the town. Evidently never, never did anything worthwhile. And uh, his name was Old Jack. And old Jack uh, died. And they came, and uh, two or three people came to the funeral. And uh, they said, now, as bad as Jack was, we ought to be able to say something good about him. And so they thought for a long time. And one of them said, I've got it. All right, you get up there and Say one thing good about old Jack. Well, he said, I'll tell you one thing about old Jack. He sure could whistle. And that's all he could think good about old Jack. He sure could whistle. Well, oh, this old Jack can't even whistle. So <laughs> there you are. There you are. Oh, my When we all get the glory, are we all going to get the glory? When we all get the glory, it is all by grace. John Knox said in his last hours, he said, I was tempted to believe I had merited heaven by my faithfulness, but thank God he reminded me of these scriptures. What hast thou that thou didst not receive? That by the grace of God I am what I am, and not I, but the grace of God that was with me. My prayer for this church, and as long as this man is the pastor, it will, I know, take place. But my prayer for this church is that it will always always say this church is what it is by the grace of God. This church is a grace church. God planned it. God started it. God has it to the place where it is now. And His grace will see that it goes on. And don't you ever forget to say, This is a grace church. Real grace. Sovereign grace. And may God help all of you to see that that takes place. May this always be a grace church. It will be. The government of England resolved to build a wooden bridge over the Thames River. And they started out and they were going to make a wooden bridge and so they drove 140 piles to hold the bridge up. And when they got that done, the most severe frost that they had ever seen came. And you know, frost will ruin wood. And it was so bad that many of those 140 piles just snapped off. And so, what are we going to do? Well, that bad was a great good because they decided to build a bridge of stone, and that's what's there now, a bridge of stone that will last and last and last. Well, the point of that is this. It is good when God breaks the reformations of unregenerate people and leads them to fly to the Lord Jesus Christ. And may calamities come upon all people like that cross did who will show people where to go and what to do. (laughs) Fly to the Lord Jesus Christ and may every calamity Drive you all to Him is my prayer. God's with you. God's given you the man, He's given you the woman that stands beside that man. And I'm going to fuss at her some more if she works as hard as she did yesterday. She worked too hard, Vicky. <laughs> You help me. You tell You work too hard, Nicky. Let's slow her down a little bit. No, that's what she likes to do. You have a pastor. You have a pastor's wife. And you have people that know the grace of God. And so you're so happy back here. I'm glad to see all the joy when you come together to have a meal. That's the way we are down there in UK. We're just exactly like this church. And I believe these are the kind of churches that God's using. They're being raised up quite a bit in this country. And these grace churches are small. Their house is about the same as yours. And there are many more that are about the same size. Some bigger, some smaller. But God's doing the work in raising up his churches. And this is one of them. A grace church, a real grace church. By the grace of God, I am what I am. May God help you. Amen.